I'm James Hahn II. And I'm Mark LaCour. And you're listening to the Oil & Gas This Week podcast brought to you by Red Wing. This is the show for busy oil pros who want to quickly keep their finger on the pulse of the industry. Episode 49 and a first Friday Q&A. How are you feeling today, Mark? I'm feeling awesome. We were just talking about how you love Thursday now, which is a bit strange, but you know, if it makes you happy, oh well. (laughs) I love Thursday. We record both of our shows on Thursday. I take no phone calls. I take no appointments. It's me and the content and, and we, we get it done. But I started my day this morning with a little crucial conflict. Well, Hey, in the middle of the barn. I I don't expect you to know that, Mark. No, I don't. But, But I think people might be a little surprised by the music that you actually really love. <laughs> yeah, thanks for going there. Yeah, people probably would be very surprised to know that I'm into um, dubstep, techno, um, breakbeat type, you know, crystal method, um, that type of stuff. Chemical I, Brothers. Chemical Brothers, right. And the harder, the better, even with a little rap mixed in. Um, yeah, so, you know, there's probably not a lot of 50-year-old oil and gas guys that, that – <laughs> <laughs> that love they get out to the raves and loves the, the the whole electronic scene. Yeah, the EDM. See, back when I was growing up in in in, in my day, <laughs> it was called techno, house, jungle. It, you know, it's broken up, but now it's just all EDM. No, it's still broken up like that. You have drum and bass. I mean, there's there's a you have um, uh, mellow. I mean, there's there's still a lot of sub segments of the electronic music scene. It's actually the sub segments keep growing. Yeah, yeah. All right. We could talk about music the whole show, but I wanted to get into another issue that both you and I are also very passionate about. And you know that the stated mission statement of Tribe Rocket Inc. is to fundamentally change the communications culture in the largest industry on earth. And I've had this vision of a bunch, I mean, dozens and hundreds of awesome people doing awesome things online in oil and gas from the moment that Drilling Info gave me the thumbs up, that Alan Gilmer over there gave me the thumbs up, and I, was, and I started doing what I was doing, I just envisioned this future where we'd have all of these amazing people just crushing it online. And can you talk a little bit about how we, we're not, we're not going to be offended if someone launches their own show. We want that. No, 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 no. We want you. We, we are, this is a family and we want this family to grow. Um, matter of fact, you know, I've recently helped two uh, young, young people or younger than me anyway, with the gear and the techniques, how to start shooting their own small, their own short vids, right. To, to actually get their message out there. Um, we don't see anybody as competition. Even if you try to copy what James and I did, it wouldn't be competition. I'm not saying it wouldn't be good, but because it would be your voice, your message, your personality, it would be a different um, output than what James and I do. So anybody out there that that wants to get into this whole social media thing in oil and gas, and if you have some questions or if you need some help, reach out to us because we will gladly help you. We will gladly uh, promote your content. We want you to 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 do this, right? It's, it's, it's good for everybody. It's good for the industry. So do it. Yeah, it, it's not a thing about fighting over crumbs. We're, we want to build a bigger pie. And the more people that we have out there that are promoting and talking about the great things about this industry, it's just better for everyone. And Mark, there are thousands of niches in this industry oh, that are just begging. Of niches in this industry. I'm saying there's so many. When I do the keyword research, there's so many niches that are just begging to be dominated. Anyone, anyone that's listening could step up and do this. So 
like Mark said, if you want to reach out to us. And with that said, let's get into the questions, or unless you had anything else to add. Yeah, before we get to questions, James, maybe we should put this out to our listeners. Notice I didn't say viewers. I said listeners. Good job. Um, would they have an interest in you and I doing a show on how we actually do this, like from a, a, a tactical point of view? Um, if if, there, if a bunch of people would have an interest in that, let us know, and maybe we'll do a .5 episode on just how we do this. Or maybe a webinar or, or webinar, webinar jam. Yeah, yeah, that would be even better. Yeah. And if you have no interest, you won't hurt our feelings by not, <laughs> not asking. I'm just curious. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious because, yeah, we've seen a little trickle with, with a few people asking us about this stuff. And like you said, someone said that they did, to you they didn't want it to step on our toes. And, and you won't. If, as long as you're being genuine, um, you know, I do a lot of short informational videos of, for, for my company and I also do a lot of short interviews. Even if you tried to copy that format, it wouldn't be the same as what I do because it would be you. Um, not me. So, you know, if, if that's where you want to go, don't feel like you're not stepping on our toes. In fact, we'll help you. We'll help you get set up. <laughs> we'll promote your content, you know, if it's good. So, yeah, if, if you have a passion, follow that passion. Yeah, and that's that, that brings up a really good point because, you know, and I've said it a couple times, our show was originally modeled after Marketing Over Coffee, which is yeah. a marketing podcast that I listen to. It's you know, 20 minutes long each week, everything like that. And John Wall and I, the, the main host, he, he's, he's, he's me and you're Christopher S. Penn. Um, but whatever, whatever you see somebody out there doing something, just copy them in, 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 in tactic and strategy. Don't steal their content, though. Yeah, do not steal content. <laughs> do That's not steal content. So... All right, cool. Let's get into the questions. We've got Andrew Shields from Merrill Lynch Commodities. He says, asks, I should say, Despite drastically lower crude prices, the smaller and mid-sized U.S. E&P companies have experienced survivability over the recent months. I believe this is primarily due to, one, hedging operational losses with higher future prices in a contango market. <laughs> this has to be a finance guy. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> right. Two, the lucky companies that took, out, uh, that took advantage of early round debt restructuring. However, with global growth stagnating in China and India, OPEC continuing to ramp up output and sanctions being lifted in Iran. What does the horizon look like over the next year across the industry? Will there be a lot of M&A activity or will projects and companies die out? Um, Andrew, this is a darn, darn good question. All right. So a couple of things. Um, a lot of people that aren't in finance may not know what a contango market is. Yeah, Can please you... enlighten us. And, and Andrew, if I get this wrong, correct me because I'm not a financial guy. I, I'm right? going to grab my dictionary real quick. A, a contango market is when the future price, something called a spot price, and a spot price is what you will pay in that exact moment in that exact place. So when the, when the future price is below what the current price is, but people are willing to pay more for that commodity somewhere in the future than the actual expected price of that commodity. So basically what he's saying is that he's saying that right now – the spot price of oil, let's say, it, I don't know what it is, let's say it's $30 a barrel. And he's saying that because we're in a, a contango market, that the future spot price will be below the current price, which is 30 So uh, respectfully, Andrew, I disagree with that. Um, I, I think the future spot price will be higher than it is now. Now, you are right that the lucky companies took early um, advantage of, of debt restructuring. That was a lifesaver for a lot of these small independent companies um, because they basically refinanced their debt on, in better terms, right? So even right now, even if they're not um, paying back principal, they're at least paying back interest in the hopes that in the future, when the price all comes back, they can pay off the principal of that debt. Now, let's get to your 
global growth stagnation. Here's where I differ with a lot of the financial analysts out there. And here's why it's also one of the indicators why I think we're going to be back to $60 a barrel by August of this year. A lot of people talk about the growth stagnation in China and India. It's not true. <laughs> China's economy has just slowed the growth. They're still growing, I think, about 6% a year, which is better than most of the world. Before, they were growing like 8 or 9%, so that that they've the growth has slowed, but it's still growing. And with that growth comes consumption of commodities, including crude oil. India is actually not stagnating at all. They're accelerating. They're going to pass up China both in population and in, in um, um, economy in the future. Um, they're they're at around seven percent growth, so they're they're past China. So that growth also is fueling the need for more commodities. So the the reason we're in a low crude price right now is we have a surplus. We have literally more oil. It's one to three percent, right? Yeah, and it's and that surplus is shrinking. You can see it if you watch the numbers. And the hard part of getting this thing right is you get really really darn good data out of Europe and the U.S., and you get crappy data out of the Middle East and Russia, both big suppliers. So what we do is we look at the delta historically. So how much does the Middle East and Russia historically lie about production and consumption? <laughs> and, and, and we come up with a percentage. And then we apply that percentage to what they say now, and that's how we calculate. So um, I, I think the future is going to be good. It's not going to be great. I think you're going to have companies that are going to come out of this low crude price market streamlined and ready to hit the ground running. You're going to have companies, quite honestly, they're going to go out of business. They're going to be they're going to be bought. Is there going to be a huge M and A uh, spurt? Uh, I, I don't think so. I think the perfect storm was uh, 20. Uh, 14, 2015, and it didn't happen because a lot of the people that have capital thought we hadn't hit rock bottom yet. So you will see some MA activity, but it's not going to be above normal. So there's there's what I think around that. And Andrew, hopefully that answers your question. I just came up with a great name for you. It's the it's the FPI, the Financial Propaganda Index. <laughs> you got you got you got to use that one. All right, maybe it, you should trademark that, huh? Yeah, definitely. I've got and I got to give you high marks. This this is. Barron's Financial Guide, Dictionary of Finance and Investment Terms. Here we go. Contango. One, pricing situation in which futures get progressively higher as maturities get progressively longer, creating negative spreads as contrasts go farther out. The increase reflects carrying costs, including storage, financing, and insurance. The reverse condition and inverted market is termed backwardation. Two, in finance, the costs that must be taken into account in analysis involving forecasts. Yeah. So, like, you know, like I said, I, I mean, you I nailed it. it. I mean, I got it perfect, but I, the, you know, I know those terms from just being working in the oil and gas industry for 20 freaking years. So well, good I'm question. Just, I'm just glad I have my dictionary <laughs> because, because, you know, I like reading dictionaries, Mark. Oh, that's strange. Yeah. I'm, I'm strange. All right. Raymond Christer, this, this man, um, uh, Bart, uh, it's our, actually Bart Christer, um, I, Bart Raymond Christer, I got to give him props because he is a repeat offender. I believe that he's given us a question on every show and there's a benefit to giving us a question on every show because we link to your website in the show notes and a backlink from my site to your site is very valuable because I have a highly authoritative site and that will help you with your, with your rankings in Google. So by all means, keep submitting questions, Bart. Two questions I'd like to hear your take on. Uh, kind of one for you and one for me, Mark. One, how can smaller service companies make the best use of the NAEP conference next week? Also, will you guys be there? Heck yeah, we're going to be there. We don't, we don't miss <laughs> no, NAEP. No, we don't miss NAEP. Yeah. 
Um, great question. Um, and, and we've gotten this in various formats uh, over the, literally over the years. Um, the, the way you make the best use of Nate, now you, you're a small service company, so you need to figure out who are your potential clients, right? You can go to Nate, and you can see a list of the exhibitors, right? And you need to literally, uh, Bart, You mean write, Nate, Nate.com? NapeExpo.com. Yeah, literally need to write a list of, of the top people that you want, top companies you want to talk to. And there's also a map there of where their exhibits are. So what you do is once you have that list, you now have targets. You now have direction. So get some business cards. Go. Go find these booths of these companies. Now, in the booths will be salespeople, right? And a lot of people go, well, I don't sell to salespeople. Let me tell you something. Salespeople are one of your best ways to get to a new company because, quite honestly, if you can give them a lead, they will give you the contact information of their mother. That's just how salespeople are. So you go to these booths and to the companies that you want to um, um, – do business with and you talk to the salespeople and say, hey, what are you struggling with? And see if you can help them. In return, they will happily give you the email address and phone number of the CEO or the president or whoever you want to talk to. Then at NAEP, make sure that you after you talk to these guys, remember they're busy on the booth, so you only want to spend a minute or two. Say, hey, are you going to the um, icebreaker event? Then make sure you sit down with them the icebreaker event, have a drink or two, and really see where else you can help them and start that relationship. Reach out to them LinkedIn. Give it a, a you know a week or so after the show. Reach back out to them. See what else you can do to help them. And I promise you, if you have a list of say seven or eight companies that you want to do business with, and you do what I just told you, you will get in front of the right people in at least half of them. So that's that's the best way to use NAEP if you're a small service company. I think the next question is for you, James. Yeah, and I got I just want to follow up on that because really what you're talking about is the best way for sales and the best way for marketing is just be helpful. When yeah. you know, being helpful drives traffic to your site or in or offline builds relationships and yeah, let me touch one more thing what you don't want to do is bring a handful of your brochures and throw up on people that's not what it is you go there introduce yourself to the sales guy don't take a lot of their time at the booth uh, connect with them at the icebreaker event or whatever cocktail event they're going to and help them and and it will help your business definitely argue yeah so the next question is for me uh two while listening to some of your show during a road trip, my son asked why you put so much emphasis on the second in your name. We'd like to hear about James Hahn version one. <laughs> it's really funny how, how much emphasis I put on the second, but if you're a junior or a second or a third, you might understand it's kind of hard to, to develop your own identity, if you will, because you've, you've, you've got that person that has the same name and all these things. And so for me, early on, I was Jimmy, and then there was about a year and a half period, and, and you can know who those people are because they still call me Jim to this day, but then I switched to James, and I remember it was a strategic move because I was still selling furniture, and I was like, this will make me you know, more professional sounding, right? And, and so that's why I go by James, not Jim, because I always say Jim's my dad, and then the second like I said, it's that thing about creating identity. But mom, my dad is awesome. He lives in Spokane, Washington. He's a farmer, if you want to say that, in Washington. And Washington style, as is my brother in Colorado, Colorado style. Um, but regardless, he's a great man. He taught me most everything I know about personal development and sales. I, I in some way, shape, or form, learned it from him because... He was the best damn salesman that ever walked the earth. Every job he got, not it's not an exaggeration. He was at the top of the board on day two. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, we, we growing up, we had Han and Sons. 
he sold that to waste management in like 91 or 92 sold for them for a while and now he's up there in in spokane washington so if you ever want to go tour mount spokane go up there my brother robert also lives up there on a beautiful indian reservation actually and got a lot of acreage and dogs and yeah good people Love my family, love my dad. But yeah, that's why I put so much emphasis on the second. So hopefully that answers that question. All right, let's move on to a question we get often, Mark. (laughs) This is from Cam, a.k.a. Daguvana on Twitter. He said, look forward to seeing you guys at SPE Tweets. So we will definitely be there. Also, how do I sign up for the rig tour? How do I sign up for the rig tour, Mark? Well, we'll you'll put a link in the show notes. You can also go to the API Young Professional website, uh, either way, there's a, a place where you can sign up. Um, and yes, we're, we will absolutely, we, we try to make most of the, the bigger SPE events. So we will absolutely be there. Reach out to us on Twitter. Um, what, what day are we going, James? We're going on Tuesday, right? Yeah, next Tuesday, the 9th. Yeah, and we're going right after lunch. So uh, um, Cam, uh, tweet either uh, me or James after lunch on Tuesday. And if we can connect with you in person, we'd, be ha- we'd love to do so. Yeah, and I would absolutely love, love to meet anyone who's going to be out there. Also, this is a form of a question that we get all the time, which is, where do I find insert story, insert whatever? And it's, it's I, don't, I, I don't do a good enough job. I think it's my fault, Mark. <laughs> I think it's my fault. The show notes for every episode, it, they contain all of the links for everything that we talk about. So this is a Q&A show. We're going to have links to everyone's, for instance, Cam's Twitter handle, anyone who submits a question and I can find their website. All of the questions for this episode with the links to the companies and everything are in the show notes as well as you know, the, the, the more tra- traditional shows. We're talking about the, the news stories. If you ever say, hey, I want to I read more about that story, you go to the show notes. And the show notes, it, it's just a blog post with a whole bunch of links and, you know, we put a lot of work into it. So hopefully more people will start using the resource because on this episode, we're at episode 49. So it's triberocket.com forward slash TW49. And then if you want to go back through old shows and look through old links and, and old stories and so forth, or if you're just coming cr- across this show and you're p- binging on it, because I'm starting to get hear a lot of people uh, talking about that, then you just go triberocket.com forward slash TW48. 47 TW47 forward slash TW46. And that is how you can find the links to everything we talk about on this show. All right, moving on to name not provided. <laughs> What's really going on with all the recent layoffs, Mark? Uh, you can see why I didn't want to provide his name. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I don't, I don't, you know, I don't blame it all. So um, let me tell you what nobody will tell you. So the companies are laying people off. You know, BP is laying off 3,000 people. Slimmerjay uh, is laying off um, some more. Um, Chevron's laid off some people. FMC Technologies laid off some people. What nobody will tell you is this is not save my companies, but cut to the bone layoffs. That happened before. That's not what's going on right now. What's going on is the companies are getting rid of the fat. They're not. They're not cutting into the muscle yet. So they're getting rid of the people that are not good performers. They're getting rid of the people that had negotiated way too high a salary, and so basically being paid too much, and they're getting rid of the people that are retired in place. 
Um, and they're doing it because they need to do it. They're not using this as an excuse. In this low crude price market, um, companies' earnings are hurting, their cash flow is hurting, and they need to cut cost. But we're not at the point yet where 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 they're hurting their business with layoffs. They're they're just getting rid of um, the non-essential or the non-performers in streamlining in, in a way. Yeah, and and you won't hear anybody say that. That's what's really going on. So if even in this low crude price environment, if you're a top performer at a company, you have absolutely nothing to worry about. You're fine. In fact, they will fight to keep you because everybody knows when the price of crude comes back, they're going to need all this this talent. So um, you know, once again, it's it's another good reason to always make sure that you have very clear expectations with your management on what they want you to do and how you measure that success. Um, this way, you both you you both you and your management know where you fit in the performance curve. And can you also talk about because we have the careers oil and gas careers podcast talk about how so many a lot of these companies bp is one that come to mind they're laying people off over here but they're hiring like crazy over yeah. there yeah just because they're laying people off doesn't mean they're not hiring they're still they still have positions that they can't fill they're struggling to fill the business has shifted we've talked about before in the show how downstream is on fire right now if you work for an upstream company or a service company that touches upstream and you get laid off you get a package look at downstream um, listen to our careers podcast. We we have we could spend weeks talking about all the jobs in this industry. We we have a quick show talking about um, whatever's uh, the top five jobs that we pull that week. But there's jobs everywhere in this industry. Don't so don't get discouraged if you get laid off or take or get a package. You know, just think outside the box and you'll be fine. Yeah, that was one one of the statuses I put out there when I shared episode thirteen this week on LinkedIn and Facebook and so forth. Was no matter how bad things get, remember. You work in a $33 trillion industry. It can't get bigger than that. Right. It really can't. And so there's always, just don't believe the headlines. There's always, always opportunity for top performers. That's a good point that you made, Mark. Top performers. And, and, and if you do get a package and it's because you were not a top performer, that doesn't mean that you're a bad employee. Maybe it just wasn't a good fit for you. I mean, I've, I've experienced this myself in my careers where I've taken positions that was not a good fit for me. So I was not a good performer. So, you know, if you do get a package, use, look at yourself hard, talk to your friends, get some different input and find a better fit for you. So you will be a top performer. That's a really great point. Drilling info fired me from sales. Literally, <laughs> they fired me from sales. I became a technical writer. And then I found my path into marketing. And so, so that's yeah, a really great point because, because, yeah, you can take that really hard as an employee if you, if you, if, if you get that cut and you're like, damn, I'm maybe, you know, maybe it reflects on me as a person in some way. No, no, it just, it just may not have been a good fit for you. Right. Okay. So Brad Etter, tech, technology analyst with Accenture. Mark, you're always talking about how great oil and gas company Exxon Mobil, what, uh, how great of an, oil and gas company ExxonMobil is, what are they doing during these low crude prices that is different than other big companies? They're kicking butt and taking names. <laughs> I, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of ExxonMobil. So Exxon's still drilling. Exxon just sputtered a well in uh, right outside of Guana, uh, Guiana in Africa. It's called, the field's called uh, Lisa. Um, Exxon's earnings, even this low crude price market, Exxon just released uh, 4Q earnings. They're still profitable. And what's more amazing is even their upstream business is still profitable in this low crude price environment. Nobody else is there, right? Chevron took a, um, I think, $5.8 billion loss. BP did a $3.3 billion loss. Exxon made made $4.2 billion. Um, so they they know how to run an oil and gas business. Their engineering and project management skills are 
by far the best in the industry globally. Exxon can go to a field and make 2 or 3% more margin than anybody else, which means that in this low crude price um, um, environment that we're in right now, they're still making money, and their upstream business is still funded. They're still doing E&P work. They're still spudding wells. They're still going in production. Think about what's going to happen when the price comes back, and Exxon's been working all this time where everybody else is shutting down projects. They're just going to pull a bigger lead over everybody. So you know, hats off for Exxon for – being in this business and knowing that there's market fluctuations and being prepared for it and just doing darn good business. And for the show notes, I will throw in this link because it was from Fortune magazine. It uh, just came out yesterday. Exxon shows the benefits of being big in a world of low oil prices, you know, kind of talking about some more of these things that they're doing right. So yeah, they're just darn good at what they do. <laughs> they're very good at what they do. I mean, I, and you know, I love Anadarko and log and, you know, Total and all those companies, they're all great. But in my humble opinion, Exxon is the best oil and gas engineering company on the planet. It's all about the engineers in oil and gas. Isn't it? Uh, it yeah, this is a, an engineering-centric world. Now, that makes for some strange business conversations sometimes. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> engineers are not always blessed with the right social genes. Um, they, they're geniuses, right? They love their spreadsheets, and they can do miraculous stuff. But – um. Yeah, this industry is a bit biased for for the whole engineering on the business side. But hey, that's that's oil and gas business. That's oil and gas. Got to love it. All right, that wraps up our questions. We have the onion of the week. It is celebrating fifty celebrate fifty years of Super Bowl history, uh, presented by Jack of the Box. No, never mind. Uh, it, it's ridiculous. They actually go through all five, four decades, whatever it is. My two favorites that stand out, probably because the Cowboys lost in both of those games. <laughs> no offense. Actually, plenty of offense meant to Cowboys fans. Super Bowl V, 1971, the Colts' three-point victory over the Cowboys is most noteworthy for being the first Super Bowl in which players were banned from smoking in the huddle. That's too funny. <laughs> and, um, and, and what's funny is I actually saw a Bleacher Report come through my it was a bleach report video come through my news feed yesterday on facebook where i can't remember who it was but the, he talked about how they used to drink and smoke in the locker room before exhibition uh before the preseason games back yeah. in the 70s and then 1976 steelers over cowboys the showdown between the cowboys and steelers was delayed for three hours while ground crews at miami orange bowl plowed all the cocaine off the field <laughs> and uh I'm, I, I've, I've checked the tape. I can't find it, but I'm not sure that that didn't happen. Um, but at it any rate, it, it was Miami in 1976. So that is, you could check that out. Like I said, all the show notes are at tribrocket.com forward slash TW49 on this one. And we have a winner, Mark. Do you know the winner? I think the winner is Adam Erickson, regional manager at Global Flow Incorporated. Congratulations, Adam. This is an awesome, awesome offshore bag, and you're going to, you're going to freaking love it. Yeah, Global Flow's expert automation team can help you achieve precise, reliable measurement of all hydrocarbons and byproducts at the wellhead in the field and through the facility, plus provide powerful, auditable corporate reporting tools. That sounds pretty that's, – that's a really good value prop right there. Yeah, I, that actually sounds interesting. We may, Adam, we may want to talk to you. We may want, we may want to. So, Adam, enjoy that offshore bag. And for everyone who's sitting there saying, "Dang it, I want mine," don't worry. You can still go and submit your information. We're going to be giving one of these uh, away a week now through the end of March. 
So go ahead and go to the website. It's redwingshoes.com forward slash podcast. No purchase necessary. See official site for details. And Mark, just talk about how awesome Red Wing is for a minute because they have been wonderful to work with. They absolutely have been wonderful. So Red Wings uh, has been around for a long time. Everybody knows their boots. I mean, I own two pairs of Red Wing steel toes, what I use when I go in the field. But they also have a line of um, uh, protective clothing out um, that's high quality, high value. Um, and, and so, you know, if you're in the oil and gas industry and you like their boots, check out their clothing. Um, they have been actually a dream to work with. Uh, they get it. Um, they're they're um, happy to help. Um, and it's just they've just been an awesome, awesome, awesome sponsor. They have been. And I don't know how much if you if you had a chance to listen to the entire interview, I'll put it in the show notes, tribrocket.com forward slash TW49. I'm sorry, I'm just hitting on that hard. So people, maybe maybe um, we can get that uh, into into the workflow of people. But regardless, did you, did you hear the story about the guy who buried his Red Wing boots underneath the XLR, whatever center in, in Minneapolis when they built yep. it? Yep, that, that, was just, that was just an awesome story. And folks, let's go back to show notes a little bit. If you like the show, you really should visit the notes. I actually personally, professionally use the notes as, as um, data points, right? I'll go back and look at the show notes and look at what we talk about and click on the links. It's just easy, right, to do a little bit deeper dive. So check out the show notes. Yeah, that's, yeah please check out the show notes. And um, I'll, I'll, throw that, I'll throw that link to that interview because he had a couple of good ones. I really liked the story where the cook – uh, offshore showed him why slip resistance is important. Did you did you hear that one? Yeah, that was good too. Yeah, so the cook goes out there and he's talking to him and he says he he says he's talking to him. What he, what he he feeds like two hundred guys a day or something like that, uh, or that are out there on the rig, and he says why is slip resistance important for you? And he grabs a piece of chicken and he goes out. To the side of the uh, of the tank, well, it's not a tanker. <laughs> the side of the give me the word, Mark. Rig. Rig goes out to the side of the rig. He says, "This chicken is not going to hit the water." Watch. And he throws it, and however many feet before it hits the water, just huge fish are jumping up and eating it. And he looks at he looks at the former CEO of Red Wing and says, "That's why slip resistance is important." <laughs> we don't want to get eaten by sharks. So, yeah, that's a really is a it was just fast, fascinating. All right, events on deck. We're going to keep them the same because we're going to be there. And yeah. it's Nape Expo and so but let's start off with SPE hydraulic fracturing. We'll be there, but talk to us about the show in general and SPE. So SPE, Society of Petro uh, Petroleum Engineers, this is a great show. All their shows are great, right, because they're really technical, um, and the people that show up in the exhibitors there are there to help educate, not try to sell you stuff. So this is a show on hydraulic fracking. We talked about this earlier. Uh, we're going to be there on Tuesday after lunch. It's in the Woodlands. Um, so if, if you're going, hit us up on Twitter, and we'd love to connect in person. But if you're not going, um, you should be going. Um, this, is, you know, this is one of the must-attend events of the year. Yeah, and so that's in the Woodlands. It's February 9th, which is Tuesday through the 11th. And then at the same time, you have the NAEP Expo, the North American Prospects Expo, as <laughs> Mark has, has, has corrected me several times, down at the George R. Brown Convention Center here in Houston, Texas, from February 10th to the 12th. Talk to the people, though, about, because there's, it, it is the 10th through the 12th, but really Thursday is the day. 
Yeah, it's and and we'll be there, or, or at least I don't know when we will be there. I know I'll be there probably Wednesday and Thursday. I'll definitely make the icebreaker event. Um, I'll actually be on the floor doing some interviews, and James and I may actually do a show from the from the show floor. Um, the thing about Nape that makes it so different than any other oil and gas show is everybody that goes there is going with the intent to either buy something or sell something. So the energy is just just through the roof, and people are so willing to help you. So. If you're in the upstream side of the business or the service side of the business, you you really should go to NAPE. I mean, it's 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 on our like like we said, it's on our must attend event. We we don't miss NAPE for for anything. So it'd be interesting to see what the energy is like on the floor. Hopefully, it's it's just, hey man, we're all in this together, and 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 we're gonna kick ass regardless. Well, you know, the last one I was actually surprised by the turnout. We had more people turn out than I thought they would in that low crude price environment. So I suspect the same things gonna happen for this one. And I know that Drilling Info is having another after party at Minute Maid Park, which, of course, I'll be there. Um, and the API Young Professionals Rig Tour. Tell us about it, Mark. Uh, once in a lifetime event. I can't believe I pulled this off and I will never be able to pull this off again. If you want to go tour a real functional offshore rig that's sitting in dry dock right outside of Houston, we're going to bring you out there. Um, you just you need to sign up. And it's in, order in Baytown, to up, right? I'm sorry? It's in Baytown, right? Baytown, right. You need to sign up, and in order to sign up, you have to become an API member, API Young Professional member. Now, that costs you all of $25 a year, and you automatically get included. You automatically get membership in API Houston chapter. Um, but, I mean, this is a literally a once-in-a-lifetime event, um, and I'll be, me and James will be there. I mean, this is so big that we're going to be there. We're going to see if we can generate some content. But I just want to go see. I haven't been offshore in 10 years, and, and you know, now I get to see a new rig that's getting ready to head out and go to production in the Gulf of Mexico. For so me, if you're interested, come. For me, it's so exciting because as you you took me, well, we went to OTC. That was my first OTC, and I've been the, in the industry for five years. And all of a sudden, here I am seeing finally all of this stuff that I've talked about for so long in person, but in a, in an expo show floor. And I, I just, I can't wait to, to actually see what's happening on the ground or on, on the water in this instance. Right. And James Gordy made a good point in the LinkedIn group yesterday. You have to RSVP. You have to RSVP. So I will have that link for the RSVP in the show notes. All right. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying we need a head count. That's that's the reason we're doing that. We, we need to know how many people are out there. It's for safety reasons. We need to, be able to count for everybody. But uh, if you have any interest at all, you need to go. This is, like I said, this is you will never get this opportunity again. Yeah. Yeah. All of our British listeners, Canadian, Chinese. <laughs> I would love, wouldn't that be amazing? Since China is our fourth most listened to country, wouldn't that be amazing if we got somebody come over from China? <laughs> I would love it. And I, I tell you what else I'd like to know. I'd love to know who's listening to us in China. We've asked that question before. Nobody answered. I wish one of our listeners in China would chime in and say, hey, we love you or we hate you, but this is why we listen and we're an expat or we're not an expat. We work in the oil and gas industry in China. I just, I'm just curious. I'm very curious. And, and talking about uh, people from the UK, we have a review from Euler UK on iTunes. Oh, gosh, I'm going to have to get out because we, we also, well, I'll just give a shout out right now to the, and I'll put it in the show notes because we had three awesome reviews on Stitcher. They're wonderful. I'll have to read them on next week's show because I don't have them up in front of me here. But back to iTunes, I love this review because it means I'm headed in the right direction. <laughs> Upward trajectory, five stars. James and Mark started off well, and the show has only gotten better as they develop. Keep it coming. You provide a valuable service to those of us too busy to speak up. Cheers. Yeah, what a great review. Thanks, Euler UK. Yeah, I love it. So, so Mark, 
get them to go and give us a review. Yeah, folks. So, so the reason that we ask for reviews is it drives our search engine rankings up in iTunes. iTunes is basically a search engine. So by giving us a review, you help other people like you find the show so they can benefit from it. It's not a lot of time, but we don't charge you anything for the show. We do this for you for free. It's a good bit of work on our part. So let me ask you a personal favor. Will you take the minute and 40 seconds that it takes to leave us a review on iTunes, good, bad, or indifferent, and just leave us a review? It helps us keep the show going for you. So go do it. And it's not only help, helps in, in iTunes, it also helps in Google. Since we renamed the show from This Week in Oil and Gas to Oil and Gas This Week, we now rank sixth on Google for oil and gas podcast. And oh, I, cool. I'm dying to get to the top of that. Right now, 70 people a month search that phrase. So I want to get those 70 people. We got to get to the top of Google. So you're helping us out both in iTunes and Google. If you made it this far in the show, please share it with your friends, family, colleagues, coworkers. Do, be, do the annoying thing and send an all-company email. But last week I put in, you know, some some new share links. They're a little confusing as I listen back. I'm like, that's that's kind of confusing. So I simplified it. If you want to share the show on LinkedIn, it's triberocket.com forward slash share li. On Facebook, triberocket.com forward slash share Facebook, or I'm sorry, FB forward slash share FB. And then Twitter, triberocket.com forward slash share TW. And we couldn't thank you enough for your reviews and your shares. And thanks for listening, folks. We love doing this, and we are just getting started. You ready to get out of here, Mark? Yeah, let's get out of here. So, folks, do great work, pay it forward, and we will see you next time. Go find some grease, guys. If I go to a rave, I'm the creepy old guy. So I can't go anymore. It sucks.